discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is. That is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to welcome you to another beautiful Wednesday evening for this glorious, beautiful service. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know you're enjoying yourself already. It's important to always enjoy yourself. I would say rejoice evermore. I was sharing with some of our church members in one of our churches concerning rejoicing, learning to rejoice. It's an instruction for the Lord. It says rejoice evermore. In other words, be happy all the time. Never be a Christian who is down, who is always sad, who is always pressured with various things, depressed because of circumstances, things that are happening. Be a child of God who is into rejoicing. He says, rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. In other words, be excited. Be full of thanksgiving. Be full of praise. Be full of joy. Remember, he says that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but the kingdom of God is righteousness. It is peace. And it is joy in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit. As a child of God, you should learn to rejoice in the Spirit. In the presence of challenging circumstances. The Bible says count it all joy when you go through diverse tests. So be happy. Always be happy. Be a happy child of God. Not a depressed child of God. It's a choice that you make, basically. It's a choice you make. Decide to be a child of God. Who is happy? I'm a happy child of God. God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a wonderful opportunity to be with you once again, to share the word of God with you. Let's start with our prayer and then we'll continue. Okay, Father, thank you for joy unspeakable that is full of glory that we have all the days of our lives. Thank you that we see goodness this evening. We hear your word and your word comes to us afresh. Thank you for instruction in righteousness. Thank you for directions. Thank you for exhortations. Thank you for edifications that come to us even as we hear your word. Thank you for grace that is ministered to us, for glory that is increased in us in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you glory. We give you praise. We receive your word with meekness, with faith, and with gladness, and with great joy, even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So I've been sharing on giving to God. This is the part two of it. Giving to God, part two, if you like. You can call it like that. Hallelujah. So always remember that Wealth is your birthright and covenant right. You must always remember as a child of God. It's one of the reasons why you should be happy. Because you are rich. You are wealthy. Why? Because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Like I said the last time, he died. If you believe that he died to take away our sin, then you should know that he died to take away our poverty as well. He died to take away poverty and bring us into wealth. That is why he says, I wish above all things. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. Even as your soul prospers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So always remember that. And let that affect your emotions. Let that affect your, your thought pattern. How you behave. How you react to circumstances. To things that happen around you. Always remember that wealth is your birthright. And your covenant right. Remember Jesus is the Lord and heir of all things. Do you believe that Jesus is Lord? Yeah. Jesus is Lord of all things. If we read in Hebrews chapter 1 from verse 1. Look at Hebrews 1 from verse 1. Very exciting things that are said about the Hebrews chapter 1 from verse 1. It says, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners speak in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his son. Hallelujah. It says, he has in these days spoken to us by his son. If you've, if you've noticed, the word his is in brackets. If you check it, you notice that it's in brackets, meaning that it wasn't part of the original rendering. So if you read, like, like, if you read this way, he has in these last days spoken to us by son. The translators thought that it wouldn't make sense to say that he's spoken unto us by son. So they decided to introduce the word his there. 
for it to make more sense. But it actually, it makes perfect sense. It's just like seeing that I attended a conference and the conference speaker spoke to us by the English language. The word by is in. It's the same as in or through or something like that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word is E-N. N. Okay? And it's the same word translated as uh, in, by, or through sometimes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it, it can read this way. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners, spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us in son. He has spoken to us in son, meaning that the son is a language. Jesus Christ is a language that God uses to teach his children. Hallelujah. His life is God's language. His character is God's language. His death is God's language. His power, his resurrection is God's language. Hallelujah. Just as English is a language through which we communicate information and communicate things, Jesus, the Son of God, Christ, is a language that we use, that God uses to teach his children. Hallelujah. So he says, has in these last days spoken unto us by his son or in son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. He has appointed him to be heir, to be the inheritor of all things. Do you know all things? All things means all things, without nothing accepted. He says he has appointed him heir of all things, not some things. All things, all things that you can think about in this life, in the life to come, in the life that has passed, belongs to our Lord Jesus Christ. He has appointed him. Let's read the Amplified. It's nice. You like it. From verse 2. He says, but in the, in the last of these days, he has spoken to us in. Have you seen it? So the Amplified explains it very well. In the person of son, of a son. He's spoken to us in his son. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whom he has appointed whom he appointed heir, a lawful owner of all things. Also by and through whom he created the worlds and the riches of space and the ages of time, he made, produced, built, operated, and arranged them in order by him. And he has made him the heir. By him he did all things. And by him and he has given him to be the heir or the Lord of all things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What a shock. For him are all things and... By him are all things, and to him are all things. For him are all things, by him, but through him are all things, and to him. Everything starts from him, goes through him, and terminates in him. He is all and in all. And guess what? We are joint heirs together with him. Can you imagine? I mean, this should get you dancing. This should turn your mourning into dancing. No matter what is happening around you, financially speaking, you know that all things are mine. I own all things. Why? Because I'm joined to this man called Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at Psalm 24 verse 1. Always remember that. Let this be a mindset that you have. That you own all things. Because Christ owns all things. He says he has appointed him. He has appointed. I wanted to get another word for the word appointed. You know. I don't know. Go back to that place. Let's read the message. I like it. You know when you get a scripture you like stay on it. Don't be in a hurry to get to know more scriptures. Just stay on that one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, recently he spoke to us directly through his son. By his son, God created world in the beginning. And it will all belong to the son at the end. No, it will not all belong to the son at the end. It belongs to him now. Hallelujah. He has appointed him to be heir of all things. Praise the Lord. Now, Psalm 24, verse 1. He says, the earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. The earth is the Lord's. Who is the Lord's? Who is the Lord? Jesus is our Lord. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. Now, what's the meaning of the word fullness thereof? Let, do you have BBE, Bible in Basic English? Do you have it? You have it. Okay. So, look at this. It's a psalm of David. The earth is the Lord's with all its wealth. The world and all the people living in it. All of the world's wealth belong to the Lord. That is what we mean when we say the earth is the Lord's. Everything inside is for him. The earth is the Lord's with all its wealth. With all its wealth. And he's the heir. He's the owner of all the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And remember, I said that we are joint heirs with him. So guess what? All the wealth of the earth belongs to you. You are a rich man's son. You are a rich man's daughter. 
Have you ever seen a rich man son before? Their behavior is different because they have a certain consciousness. They know that they are on, they are lying on money. I mean, hundred thousand dollars is not a problem. A million dollars is not a problem. When they are buying things, they don't think they don't look at the price tag. They go to a shopping mall and start removing things and putting it into their carts. I mean, they don't they don't check why because they are they are rich. Their father is rich. If your father is rich, what does that make you? If your fa- of course, unless your father is a wicked rich, a rich man, a wicked rich man, he would deny it. But our father is not wicked. He's not wicked at all. He wants you to enjoy his wealth. He obtained power, glory, riches for you and I. So always remember that. Always remember that. Always remember that. We are joint heirs. Remember Romans chapter 8, verse 16. Look at Romans 8, 16. The spirit itself, or himself rather, Buried witness with that spirit that we are the children of God. Are you a child of God? Yeah. He says the Holy Ghost within you bears witness with you that you are a child of God. He lets you know that you are a child of God. Yeah. Then he says, if you are a child of God, next there's a 17. And if children, if you, are you a child of God? Yeah. He says, if you are a child of God, then you are an heir. Then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We are joint as with Christ. And he goes on, if so be that you suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. But he says that, and if you be children, if you're children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint as with Christ. We are joint as with Christ. So whatever Christ owns, we are not co-heirs. If you're co-heir, it means that you have a percentage to it. We are joint heirs. We are not co-heirs. We are joint heirs. In other words, you are, you are entitled to all of what the other person has. Everything, 100%, all the 100% belongs to you. So if he has made him, appointed him Lord of all things, and he's made him Lord of all wealth in the world, and he doesn't need that wealth where he is, who is supposed to enjoy it? Me. You and I are the ones who are supposed to enjoy it. So start off from there. Always remember, always remember that you are wealthy. Never think that you are poor. Never think poor. Never think that you are, I'm, I'm a poor person. Don't, stop thinking with your, your, your parents in mind. Stop thinking with your, your area in mind. Stop thinking with where you have come from in mind. Remember, in John chapter 1, verse 11, he says that, and as many as received him, first of all, he says he came unto his own, but his own refused him, rejected him. He said his own received him not. But as many as received him, verse 12, as many as received him, have you received him? Yeah. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Are you a son of God? Yeah. Are you a daughter of God? Yeah. Are you born of God? Are you sure you are born of God? Yeah. Do you believe that you believe and know and know and know and know that you are a child of God? He says, if children, then we are heirs. Joint heirs together with Christ. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Next verse. Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Born of God. So you are no more born of your area. You are not born of your father, born of your mother. Doesn't matter what case is on your family. What case of poverty is in your family. It excludes you. You are not part of that family. Hallelujah. Understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying go and stand before your father and say, I'm not part of your family anymore. That's what I'm talking about. You belong to a higher family now. You belong to a wealthy family now. So don't allow what happens in that family to determine how your life goes. The pace at which your life goes. You are different. different. Look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. 1 John 5, 1. Always remember that you are a child of wealth. You've been born into wealth. You are not ordinary. He says, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Have you believed that Jesus is the Christ? What are you born of? You are born of God. Look at verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the vision of overcoming the world. Even our faith. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Are you born of God? How do you get born of God? You must believe that Jesus is the Christ, right? Yeah. That's what we read in verse 1. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, you are now born of God. Then he says, if you are born of God, you have overcome the world. Look at the next verse, verse 5. 1 John 5, 5. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. So by believing that Jesus is the Son of God, you overcome the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You overcome the world of poverty. You overcome whatever is in your family, whatever is in your area, whatever is in your extended family makes no difference because you are born of God. He says, you have overcome the world. Who is he that overcometh the world? Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. 
I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I've been taken from my family and brought into the family of God. I'm now a joint heir together with Christ. I'm not ordinary. So there are three ways to enjoying what you are positionally speaking in Christ. Do you get it? By virtue of our, our being joined to Christ, our identification with Christ, we'll be made wealthy. We'll be made righteous. We'll be made so many beautiful things. Now, when it comes to wealth, how do you enjoy that position that you have? How do you experience it for yourself naturally or physically? The first thing is what I mentioned to you last week, which has to do with your mindset. Your mindset, the kind of mindset, developing a mindset of wealth makes all the difference in your life. All the difference. It makes all the difference in your life. If you think you are poor, brother, sister, you will be very poor. If you think you are rich, thinking, beginning to think rich is what makes you rich. Someone wrote a book, Think and Grow Rich. Have you, I don't know if you've seen that book before. Think and Grow Rich. It starts by your thinking. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What you think, if you think you are wealthy, that is what you will become. If you think you are poor, that is what you experience. How do you experience wealth? How do you experience all the wealth that you have positionally speaking in Christ? Because of your identification with Christ. It's all dependent on your mindset. Find out what God has said. I'm showing you some of them. Get this tape. Get the tape for last week, last Sunday. Listen to them over and over and over again until it alters your thought processes. For you to know that seriously, seriously, like all jokes aside, I'm not ordinary. I'm not like every other person. I'm different. I'm not like those other people. I'm different. I'm special. Why? Because I'm born of God. Why am I special? I'm special because I'm, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I am not my old self. I'm a different self now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's where it starts. That's where it starts. We are joint heirs. So know that you are joint heir with Christ. Know it. Galatians chapter 4 verse 6. Look at Galatians 4 6. Oh, I feel like preaching today. Preach. I tell you. He says, and because you are sons, are you a son of God? Yeah. Are you a daughter of God? Yeah. Do you believe it? Believe Let it. that be your constant thought process. Your constant state of mind. I'm a child of God. Child of Say it until you are convinced. That's the next thing to do. After letting your thoughts, letting it alter your thoughts, let it start altering your speech. So the next thing is that you confess. Okay? I'm showing the journey towards riches. Experiencing riches. First, Change your thought processes. Start thinking the way God has said in his word concerning you. And start the next thing is to start saying what God has said concerning you. Start talking it. Okay? Start talking it. So getting to know these things, you start talking it. The more you talk it, the more it changes your mind. And the more you think, the more it changes your, your speech. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay, you keep your finger here. Go to, um, go to Matthew. Oh, Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 12, from verse 34. Matthew 12, from verse 34. It says, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. If you allow your heart to be filled with a particular thought, you know, your heart is made for thoughts. There are thoughts and intents of the heart. Your, your mind is inside your heart. Your mind is connected to your heart. Your mind is a gateway to your heart and to your spirit. What you allow to enter your mind is what your heart is filled with with time. If you allow your mind to be filled with the fact that you are wealthy, you are a wealthy child of God, you are a child of God and you are wealthy, it will start filling your heart. Your heart will become full of that particular thought, that particular understanding, and it will end up flowing out of your mouth. It's out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Next verse, verse 35. A good man, out of the good treasure of the heart, bringeth forth good things. So we can read it like this. A wealthy man, out of the wealthy treasure of his heart, bringeth forth wealth. A wealthy man, out of the wealth of his heart, bringeth forth wealth. And an, a poor man, an evil man, out of the evil treasure, bringeth forth evil things. A man who thinks he's poor will bring forth poverty. What you think in your heart makes all the difference. I mean, when you sit down quietly, what are your mental processes? What goes on in your heart? Then when you think about your life, your future, how do you make your plans? Do you make your plans with your parents or with your uncle or someone in mind? If only I could get money from here and get money from here. Start thinking that the wealth that is in me is going to show forth. I'm wealthy. There's money inside and it's going to show forth. You make plans with God in mind, not with people in mind. That's how you plan. That's how you live. I remember years ago, I wanted to get married. This is about eight years ago. 
I wanted to get married. I wanted to do my master's. I wanted to do so many other things. I wanted to get the church running. This is 2011. And I sat down, wrote all the things I knew I was supposed to do. And then I wrote and I, because I needed money to do all of those things. It's not a joke. Marrying. (laughs) You need money to marry. You need money for the masters. Nobody was going to pay for me. I was going to pay for myself. I wrote everything down. And I wrote who was going to sponsor it. And I wrote God. And me, God in me will supply. That was my thoughts. And that is how my thoughts are today. It has not changed. I refuse to be poor. I cannot be poor. It's not possible. It's impossible. It's not possible and it cannot happen. Not in this world, not in any other world. No, I'm, I'm born into wealth. I'm a child of God. It says, the earth is the Lord's. The whole earth is the Lord's. And all the wealth that is in the world is for the Lord. And I am his son. I'm a joint heir with that Lord. How can I suffer? No matter what is going on around me. Talk like that. Don't say I'm being, I'm being braggadocious. I'm being proud and braggadocious. I'm not being proud and braggadocious. I'm telling you what the Lord of God has said concerning me. I didn't say I'm bigger than you. I said I'm big. I didn't say I'm wealthier than you. I said I'm wealthy. I never mentioned you. So you to say something for yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A good man, out of the good treasure of the heart, bringeth forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth evil things. Next verse, verse 36. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. If you start talking idly concerning your life, your life of prosperity, that's what you will get. Then it says from verse 37, for by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. By your words you shall allow yourself to enjoy what God has done for you in Christ. You will justify yourself to enjoying and experiencing what God has said in his word concerning you. Or you deny yourself and condemn yourself with respect to what God has said concerning your life. Out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaketh. So start conditioning your heart. Start conditioning your heart through thinking the right way. Thinking the way God has taught concerning you. Saying what God has said concerning you. I'm not ordinary. I'm not ordinary. I'm I'm a child of God. And that makes me an heir of God. I'm a joint heir together with Christ. The owner of all things. The heir of all things. All things are mine. All things are mine. That's what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. From verse 21. Look at 1 Corinthians 3, 21. Therefore let no man glory in men. For all things are yours. Why are all things yours? Because you are joined to the one to whom all things belong to. All things are yours. Do you understand all things? All things. The governments are mine. I mean, we should rise to the place where we give to the government. I know a certain man of God who will go into a country and give to the country. Yeah, he will give $10 million. $200 million. Can you imagine? As a donation to the government. And bless that government. With no strings attached. He's just being good to the government. Use it to help the poor. Can you imagine? I like that. I want to be like that. I want, and I will be like that. I'm a giver. I'm a blesser. I'm a blesser. Stop talking. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Pastor, I don't know. Since I was born, I have suffered throughout my life. Since I was born, there's not been money for anything. We are aware. God is aware. You are aware. The devil is also aware. How are you going to continue? What are you going to do about it? Are you going to continue like this forever for the rest of your life? There must be a change. Start by changing your mind. Start by changing how you think. I mean, what do you think about yourself? I don't know. I'm from this area. You know, this area, nobody rises up to be anything. If nobody rises up to be anything, I'm the first that will rise up and be a solution to their problem. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. For all things are yours. Say, all things are mine. Get excited as a child of God. You know, and these, these things, uh, these thoughts should always be with you. No matter what comes to you, always remember. Always remember who you are. When you know who you are, no matter where you find yourself, you will find your way out. Because you know what you have. What is inside you. You know your content. You know what you are made up of. If you watch some of these movies, you see that the, the, the protagonist or the blowman will be beaten so much. Like you go through so many things. But in the end, you remember that, hey, I have some, I have some kind of training. I know who I am. And then you rise up with some power. My last power. Ah, yeah. And then you do some kick. Pa! 
and then the, the killer will die. That will be the end of the story and he will won. He remember how they killed his girlfriend. Wow! Have you watched Rambo, Rambo 1 before? I tell you. He remember how things were and who he is and then he will, from that he receives strength to give the killer a blow. One blow that will break his spine. I tell you. It only happens in movies. <laughs> For all things are yours. See, all things are mine. Look at verse 22. Then it says, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. Well, can this be true? Is this true? Is it true that all are yours? The world, life, death, things present. Today is mine. Tomorrow is mine. The next five years is mine. The next 20 years, you see, recently I was thinking, I was thinking about every decade, how the next decade is going to be like for me, and the next decade is going to be like for me. I thought into when I'm in my 90s, and how my life will be in my 90s. As a man thinketh in so is he. If you think that in your 90s, you know if you be alive when, around when you're supposed to be 90, then it's a problem. Your body will reject you out of this world. Yeah. Think differently. Think differently. I'm rich. The world is mine. Think about these things. Just settle. You have to have retreats over these things that I'm telling you. Sit down. Think on it. Let it enter you. Let it change your perception, your emotions, everything about you. Your mental putting together. Have a mental putting together concerning what God has said about you. Strong for yourself. So that no matter what happens, you will never be moved. They cannot change. I mean, you, you cannot tell me that I'm a white man. I'm not a white man. Because I know I am black. You can't tell a white man that he's black. Unless there's something cuckoo going up here. Yeah. Because he knows. He knows that this is what he is. He knows that this is where he was born. You can't tell him that he's something else. You should know that you know. Just as you know the color of your skin, you should know that you're a child of God. And you should know what it means for you. All things are mine. He says, and ye are Christ's. And Christ is God's. You belong to Christ. You belong to God. You are not ordinary. Are these things true? They are true. They are true. So go back to Galatians chapter 4. I don't know if you like what I'm sharing with you. Galatians chapter 4 from verse 6. It says, and because you are sons. Because, just because you are sons. It says, God has sent forth the spirit of a son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Verse 7. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, and if a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. If a son, if you are a son, then you are an heir of God through Christ. Are you a son? I'm a son, I'm a daughter. If a son, then an heir of God through Christ. We are heirs of God and joint heirs together with Christ. We are not ordinary. So never let this thoughts, this mindset leave you. Let it be your constant state. Your constant mental putting together. That's where you live. Refuse to live under the mountain. Decide to live on top of the mountain. It's a decision you make. Zion is a mountain. There's the peak of the mountain. And there's a base of the mountain. We are all born onto Mount Zion. But it can be at the peak in your thought processes. Or it can be at the base in your thought processes. It depends on you. Decide to be on top. Decide to see things on the top. Never make plans with people in mind. Never make plans with what money this person can give you. Make plans with God because you know that God is in you. And he's inside you with all the wealth that you can think about. Whatever money I need to accomplish what God has sent me to do, to accomplish that God-given vision that God has given, will be given. Because when he makes a vision available, he gives a provision as well. I'm a child of God. I will never, ever be poor in my life. Keep saying it for yourself. I tell you. That those are the two steps, two first steps to experiencing true wealth. Change your thought pattern. Confess it. Your confession. What are you saying about yourself? What are you saying about yourself? Are you saying, I don't know how I'm going to live my life. I don't know how the next five years is going to be. Nobody knows tomorrow. Nobody will sponsor me. I've tried to get a master's degree and I've tried to get scholarship. No, I get the scholarship. I have the scholarship. 
I have the scholarship. I, I will never lack scholarship. I will never lack, I will never lack a job in my life. I always have money coming to me. I'm a money farmer. I'm a money farmer. Money keeps coming to me. I sow money and I reap money all the time. You see, God's economy is not by work and wages. No, God's, God's economy does not run like that. He says, my God shall supply all your riches according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That's God's economy. He supplies the riches. How? By your giving. God does giving and receiving or sowing and reaping. He doesn't do work and wages. No, he doesn't do work and pay. He does sowing and reaping. And that's the third thing that you need to bring your wealth into your experience, your natural physical experience. You're sowing by sowing and giving. And always remember, the first two are very important. As for the last one, you do it. But the first two are so important. If you do the last one and you don't do the first two, you see that some things are not happening. You'll be giving, but then you say that the church is a fraud. Yeah. I didn't I gave it, I didn't get anything. Because you don't think that you are rich. And you don't say it. After giving, you said, that we don't know, we departed with the money. And all these people, they are always taking money from us. We don't know. Your confession has just denied you of anything you could have had from God. You've departed truly with the money. Hallelujah. Oh, your mindset makes all the difference, brother. It makes all the difference. Can you imagine that Israel, Israelites, do you know Israelites are one of the richest, wealthiest people in the world? If not the richest. If not the richest group of people in the whole world. They are. If you pick a hundred millionaires in the world, you will have about 50 of them being, being Israelites. And then the rest will come from every other country you can think about. You can check it on the net. You'll be surprised. Now, what is the source of their amazing, you know, all these guys that we mentioned on all these places, these big, big people, they are all Jews. Almost all of them are Jews. You'd be surprised. Almost all of them are Jews. Jews living in America, Jews living in Germany, Jews living in other places. Wealthy people. They are rich. Foolishly rich. They are plutocrats. Why? Because of the mindsets that they have. An average Jew thinks and knows that he must be rich. Why? Because he's the seed of Abraham. An average Jew knows that the world was rolled over to Abraham, their grandfather. And so they must be rich. It is their mindset. They know that whatever they touch must work. It is, that is the point from which they work. That is the point from which they live. That is the point from which they do everything. And that is what contributes to what they have, what they've become. They believe that no matter where we are in the world, we are joined to God through Abraham. Therefore, we must prosper. <laughs> They've cleared the first two points already. As for the giving and receiving, it's natural, it comes. You will do it. But the first two of thinking rich, so important. Knowing who you are, knowing that you are wealthy, Thinking it, talking it, thinking it, talking it. That's, their, uh, that's an average Jew's life. That's the, that's the life of a Jew. They believe that they must be wealthy. They are entitled to being wealthy. There's so much that the world is offended at them yeah. for thinking like that. But that's how they think. The, world, the whole world is of, of, Most people are offended with Jews. Hitler was offended with Jews because they were too rich in Germany. So he decided to take them all out. It's the truth. They, he couldn't understand how come... They were too, how come you guys have everything? <laughs> Jews know they know it they think it they live it they talk it they move from th that is the point from which they live but amazingly what they even think is actually not even so true because whatever promises was made to Abraham was not made to his seeds as of many but to his seed, which is Christ, and all those who come after Christ. That is you and I. Actually, it's you and I that God was talking about. But those who are not the natural seed of Abraham, believe. They believe it. They believe that it's for them. Meanwhile, it's actually not for them. They are just the natural seed. How much more the spiritual seed? How much more you and I? Brother, there's a world transfer that is coming, and you must take advantage of it. You must position yourself. By thinking like that, move like that. I mean, don't, no, like, let it affect your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 2, verse 28. Look at Romans 2, 28. The Jews believe that because of circumcision, they are close to Abraham and hence close to God. And hence must prosper. They believe it. They believe it. Meanwhile, 
in Romans chapter 2, verse 20, it says, For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. They are Jews outwardly. Their outward circumcision and their outward relationship with Abraham is what makes them Jews. But the Bible says that he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. Neither is he that, neither is circum, that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. Verse 29. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. So we are the spiritual Jews. Christians are Jews, spiritually speaking. And as someone will say, we are spiritual Jews because of our spiritual circumcision that comes through Christ. If you read in Philippians chapter 3, verse 1, look at Philippians 3, 1. Let's just go to 3. Go to verse 3. It says, For we are the circumcision. We are the circumcision, which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. For we are the circumcision. We are, children of God, are the circumcision, which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus. I don't know if you're seeing it. Look at Colossians chapter 2 from verse 9. Colossians 2 from verse 9. Yes, let's read. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. He's talking about Christ. He's like we are complete in Christ, which is the head of all principality and power. Then verse 11 says, In whom, in Christ also, ye are circumcised with the circumcision made with our hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So we, there's a circumcision of Christ, which has happened. You see, circumcision is not that which is done outwardly, but circumcision is that which is done of the heart. And we have been circumcised of the heart. So we are actually the seed of Abraham. If you read in Galatians chapter 3, from verse 13, you see it there. Look at Galatians 3, from verse 13. Yes, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Next verse. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentile. This is so emphatic, so specific. He was crucified so that the blessing of Abraham, there are two things when it comes to Abraham, the blessing and the promise. The blessing and the promise. He says, he was crucified so that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. So that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So both of them have come to us. The blessing and the promise have come to us. The promise of the Spirit. We now have the Spirit. The Holy Ghost is the Spirit of wealth. Who directs you and directs your path into wealth. That's his, that's his job. He says he will tell you, he will talk to you and show you. He directed Isaac into wealth. He directed Jacob into wealth. He directed Abraham into wealth. He will direct you into wealth. That's the spirit of promise that we have. He directed Joseph into wealth. Yeah. You see, he says we have received the blessing of Abraham and we have received the promise as well by virtue of what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. Wow. Wow. What What a shock. If an average Jew thinks... That the blessing of Abraham is his and prospers. How much more those to whom it was written, it was really written to and written for? That is you and I. Start changing your mindset. Start changing your you've thought in a terrible way for a very long time. God is talking to you to start changing your mindset. Hallelujah. Jump all the way to verse 27. Galatians 3. From verse 27. It says, For as many of you. As I've been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. See, I've put on Christ. Christ. Next verse, verse 28. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither born nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. So it makes no difference what your background is. Where you are in life, whether you are bond. Maybe you're a prisoner. Makes no difference. Joseph was a prisoner. But the blessings of Abraham was working in his life in prison. He was a master of the prisoners. As a prisoner in the bottom of life, he was ruling there. <laughs> he says, Neither born nor free, neither is there any male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Verse 29. Then he says, And if you are, if you be Christ, if you are for Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We are heirs, we are inheritors. Brother, there's an inheritance for you and I in Christ Jesus. There's an inheritance for go to Ephesians chapter 1. Let's read from verse 10 into verse 11. This is so nice. Ephesians 1 from verse 10 to verse 11. Or from verse 11. Let's read from verse 11 into verse 12, rather. Ephesians 1 from verse 11. It says, in whom? In Christ also we have obtained an inheritance. It didn't say we will obtain an inheritance. It says we have obtained an inheritance. What is an inheritance? Someone's work. And the product of someone's work being given to you free of charge. For doing no work. 
we have an inheritance. We have riches in Christ. He says, in Christ, we have obtained an inheritance. Being, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. There's a predestination concerning our lives. Next verse. What is that predestination? That we should be the prey to the praise of his glory. Who first trusted in Christ? We are the praise of the fact that God has glory and his glory is in us. Do you understand? Like when someone looks at you, he should start telling, hey, that, just like the way you can see a car, a very nice car passing by, like, hey, what kind of car is this? Wow, what a, what a car. Pastor, you say Sprado. <laughs> what car is this? Wow, this is so nice. We are the demonstrators of the glory of God. Like when people see us, they should start praising God. Wow. Hallelujah. Look at this. That is this our is predestination. I tell you, this is our life. This is my Look life. at the Amplified. The Amplified it even brings it out more from verse 11. Amplified. In him, in Christ, we also were made God's heritage, portion, and we obtained an inheritance. We are God's heritage. We are his portion. And we have also obtained an inheritance. For we had been foreordained, chosen, and appointed beforehand in accordance with his purpose. It's, a, it's according to God's purpose, God's choosing. Who works out everything in agreement with the counsel and design of his own will. So that we who first hoped in Christ, who first put our confidence in him, have been destined and appointed. We have been destined and appointed to live for the praise of his glory. We are to live. Our life is for the purpose of the praise of his glory. As we live, people start praising him. Wow, thank God for this person's life. You see, your giving can bring many thanksgivings to God. Like your life is so different. Different. Oh, hallelujah. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9 from verse 12. Second Corinthians 9 says, For the administration of this service not only supplied the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. I don't know if you're, let's read the Amplified. I don't know if you're catching it. It says, For the service that the ministering of this fund ref- does not only fully supply what is lacking to the saints, God's people. In other words, these people had given, the Macedonian churches had given for the poor saints of Israel, because there was famine in Jerusalem at that time, and it was a big problem. So they went to do a fundraising. They got money. People sold and they brought the money to the poor saints that were in Jerusalem. Do you see? He says that your giving, your offering, that was brought to these people. That is a service to them and it ministers something to them. It supplies their need. You see, for the service that the ministry of this fund renders does not only fully supply what is lacking to the saints, God's people. It doesn't only do that. But it also overflows in many cries of thanksgiving to God. Because of your giving, many cries of thanksgivings are made to God. Do you understand? So, listen, he says he has destined your life to be such that your life will bring many cries of praise to the glory of God. Like when they check your life and they look at how you are, are, they start praising God. Wow, thank God for this man. This man is an angel. You know, I was being told about a man who paid a certain lady's school fees in the UK for four years, free of charge, without doing anything to her, taking anything from her. And even forgot about her. Many, many years later, the lady came back to come and thank him and give him plenty of money. He was trying to remember, because he does it a lot. He does it for so many people. It was as though the lady had met an angel. They met just once, and that was it. The man started sending her money to pay for her school fees in the UK. She finished school, became a pharmacist, and became something very big. Amazing, isn't it? That man's giving, that man's prosperity brought many thanksgivings to the glory of God because of the man's life. I don't know if you are catching it. This is is what you have been destined for. This is your heritage. This is what you are appointed and preordained and designed and chosen by God for. That your life will be a life that brings praises to the glory of God. When they check your life, Ah, look at these people. Look at how blessed they are. Because of them, we have this. Because of them, we have that. God, thank you. Thank you. Many thanksgivings are rendered to God. That is my life. My life will be a solution to the cry of millions. I'm a solution to the cry of millions. By me, many will give thanks to the glory of God. Many will praise the glory of God. That is my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
that is my life. Say, that is my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So change your thought processes, okay? Change your thought processes. Confess it for yourself. I'm different. I'm different. I'm different. I'm the seed of Abraham. Therefore, the blessing of Abraham is mine. Do you know what the blessing of Abraham is? Let me show it to you. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 28. Let's read from verse 1. Deuteronomy 28 from verse 1. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high, above all nations of the earth. This is the first part of the blessings of Abraham. It says he shall set you above. He shall set you on high, above all nations of the earth. We've obeyed because of Christ's obedience. So the blessing are ours. Now there are things you do to let that blessing flow in your life. And that's what you need to concern yourself about. Because you've obeyed Christ. You've obeyed God through Christ. By what Christ did on the cross of Calvary. If you read in First Peter, you see it. First Peter chapter 1. Should we read it? I don't know if you want us to read it. Let's read it. First Peter chapter 1. Let's read from verse 1. First Peter 1 from verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father. This is so nice. The fact that God has elected me and chosen me, I'm a royal priest to the chosen generation. I'm chosen. I am special. I'm chosen. Out of the lot, I was chosen. I don't care about whatever happened there, but I was chosen. What I know is that I was chosen. You don't need to do anything to be chosen. Out of the 12 sons of Jacob, God chose Jacob, uh, Joseph. By virtue of doing nothing. Yeah. You don't need to do anything to be chosen. We didn't do anything to be chosen. Yeah. God just chose us. Yeah. Since elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. He says, we've been elect through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Remember, we are there on Mount Zion. Where the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things is sprinkling on us. We've come to the place of obedience. And the place of sprinkling that speaks better than that of Abel. So we are in obedience. That's what is basically what he's trying to tell you. So what you read in Deuteronomy 28, as a preamble for the blessings, has been accomplished in Christ. You've qualified for it. Remember, he says that he has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the promise of the saints. In the light, that's Colossians. NLT of which one? Of this one. Okay. First Peter chapter 1, verse 2. NLT. It says, God the Father knew you and chose you long ago. And his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him. And have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. Have you seen it? So emphatic. No place for other thoughts. He says, as a result, you have obeyed him. As a result of what Jesus did, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Of the same verse, verse 20 and verse 21. 1 Peter chapter 1 from verse 20. Let's read from verse 19. It was the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. This is NLT. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began, but he has now revealed him to you in these last days. Next verse. Through Christ, you have come to trust in God. And you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. Through him, through Christ, you have come to trust in God. We are not trying to, we have come to that place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. See, I'm not ordinary. So we have obeyed. So whatever we are coming to say is for you. And it is in you. It is working in your life. Believe it. And start living it. The more you believe it and the more you say it for yourself, the more it starts showing forth in your life. I'm not like every other person. I'm different. I've obeyed in Christ Jesus. Therefore, the blessings of Abraham is mine. Remember, he says, if you are Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed. And as according to the promise. Are you Christ? That is the only qualification. If you are Christ, you are Abraham's seed. He has qualified us. Colossians chapter 1 verse 12. Look at Colossians 1 12. Oh, I feel like preaching. Giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Let's read the Amplified. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. I'm qualified. 
who has qualified and made us fit to share the portion, which is the inheritance of the saints, God's holy people in the light. We have inheritance, brother. We have inheritance. We've been born into an inheritance. And I've made up my mind to enjoy the inheritance, to enjoy all things. He says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The wealth, all the wealth in the world is for him. So all things are mine. All things are mine. All th- so what is the blessing of Abraham? Let me show it to you. It shows forth some more. It's categorized in that place in Deuteronomy. And it shall come to pass, from verse 1, Deuteronomy 8, 28, from verse 1. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I commanded this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. That's the first thing. So you have a destiny of being set above all nations of the earth. I'm big. All things are mine. I'm a blesser. I bless nations. Say something for yourself. Or else you'll see me doing it in the next few years, and you'll be surprised. Next verse. Verse 2. Then it says, And all these blessings shall come on thee, and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. The blessings of God will come upon thee. Have they come upon you already? Yeah. By virtue of being connected to Abraham. They have come upon you. They say they shall overtake you. If you hearken unto the voice of the Lord. In other words, if you allow the Holy Spirit to guide you, if you respond to the Holy Spirit, that is something that has been done today. If you hearken to the voice of the Holy Ghost, He will guide you. He will show you. Now, look at Proverbs. Let me show you what the blessing. When we say blessings, the blessings of the Lord. What are, what are we talking about? When we say blessings, Proverbs chapter ten, verse twenty-two. Proverbs ten, twenty-two. It says, "The blessing of the Lord it maketh rich, and He added no sorrow with it." So, what does He say when He says, "The blessing of the Lord shall come up"? What it means is that the riches of the Lord will stay on you, and it will not add any sorrow with it. So, wherever you see blessings, always remember what the blessings mean. When someone says, God bless you, you see, that is why some people are struggling in this life. Because they've exchanged God bless you with money. So when they do something for somebody, something simple. I was being told, a friend of mine was telling me that his car got spot on the road. You know, and someone came to come and help him fix it. Someone passing by just came to come and help him fix it. When he helped him fix it and he said, God bless you, he said, what do you mean by God bless you? It's 50 CDs. So he collected 50 CDs from him. He said, what am I going to do with God bless you? I need money, and you say, God bless you. He doesn't know. He's a very big fool. He doesn't know that when we say, God bless you, what we are saying is that, maketh rich. Riches coming that uh, does not have any sorrow with it. Because the 50 cities can bring you sorrow. Yes, that money can bring you sorrow. It can lead you to go and drink something. Because you had it in a certain way. So you use it in a certain way, and it will bring you problems. People do something for people, and they say, God bless you, and they get angry. What do you mean by God bless you? We need money, and you say, God bless you. There's a problem. That God bless you will make you. It is a sign of making you rich. And riches that do not add sorrow. Hallelujah. So don't be, be smart. Be smart. Be smart. Be interested in the blessings that people say. Don't say, I need money. No. Labor not to be rich. Yes. Hallelujah. Go, so go back to Jeremiah chapter 28. As reader, you now you understand. When he says, bless, make us rage, no sorrow. <laughs> okay, so, and he says, and all these blessings shall come on thee, and overtake thee, thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Next verse. Blessed shalt thou be in the city. So, you can read like this. Make us rich shalt thou be without no sorrow in the city. When you are in the city, you are rich without any sorrow. Blessed shalt thou be in the field. When you are in the field, you are rich without any sorrow. Do you understand what he's saying? Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body. Everyone who comes out of you is blessed. Make it rich without sorrow. Like you will not have a child and a child will die. No, rich without sorrow. He adds to you without sorrow. No sorrow. Your child won't worry you and bring you headache. No sorrow. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy ground. Everything that comes, whatever you plant and comes forth, will bring you more money. It won't add, you won't plant a garden. You won't plant a farm. Or you plant a cocoa farm and then it's, it's eaten by insects. And don't, you don't get anything. You, you put in $20,000, you get $5,000. No. When you put in $20,000, you get $200,000. Make it rich without sorrow. That's the blessing of God. When we say someone is blessed there, you see that it's like the person is going forward. No problem. There's no problem anywhere. Even when problem comes, he doesn't see it. 
Like, what is this guy using? What is, what is his secret? It's called the blessing of the Lord. And he says that we are blessed with the blessing of Abraham. Abraham was never sad in any place in his life. Can you imagine? There was no, what God did with him. There were other people who prospered. But what God did with Abraham, check Abraham's life. You notice that the Bible says Abraham died in a good old age, rich in all things. At that point, they couldn't quantify his wealth. So they said that he was rich in all things. Earlier, they were quantifying it. He was rich in cattle, in gold, in silver, and all of that. At the end of his life, they couldn't quantify it. He was rich in all things. All things. That is the blessing of Abraham. And that is what you have. I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but I believe it. I'm rich. I'm wealthy. I'm wealthy. I'm wealthy. I will never be poor in my life. Start from there. To the glory of God. On Sunday, I'm going to share with you the next few points with respect to, with respect to what we started sharing on Sunday. What giving means. What your giving means. Today, I felt like taking some time off to share on these two points properly for you. So that when you are giving, you know what you are doing. You understand what you are doing. So the point number one is what? Your mind. Your mind. Your mind. Then you speak it. You speak it for you. Confess it for yourself. And the point number three is you start practicing the covenant of giving. The giving covenant. The, the covenant of sowing and reaping. And on Sunday, I'm going to talk about it for 30 minutes. And then we'll have a talk show. We'll have some testimonies. And then it will be done. Then, Wednesday, next Wednesday, I'll continue to the glory of God. Have you been blessed? Yeah. Have you learned anything? Yeah. I feel like going to look for some place and just sitting down. And meditating on these scriptures over and over and over and over and over until it alters my emotions. It altered my emotions some time ago. But I wanted to alter it even some more. I know where I was when I got to know this revelation. That I'm the seed of Abraham. Sometimes I tell my church, the people in the church, that even if everybody should leave me, I will never be poor. Wherever I go, plenty will come out of me. You know, Abraham knew who he was. He knew. So when Lot, who was just following Abraham, who was following, Lot never heard from God. Lot was, Lot was just following Abraham. And Lot had become influential and big and rich because he was around someone who had the mindset of wealth. So it was affecting him. You know, your thought process is like a magnet. It affects those who are around you. So it had affected Lot. And Lot had increased in goods, increased in wealth. And Lot's headsmen were fighting with Abraham's headsmen. The, the land was too small for them. They were fighting over the grass. And Lot came to see Abraham that we are fighting. We need to do something. Abraham told him, choose whichever part you want. Wherever you go, I'll go the opposite. That was Lot's mistake. Lot should have never departed from the source of his wealth. He didn't know that his wealth was coming because he was related to someone. He was joined to someone who knew his covenant of wealth with God. He looked at the green part, which was Sodom and Gomorrah, and chose that place and moved there. He didn't know that it was going to be destroyed very soon. And he left the parched area, the dry area, the desert for Abraham. You know Lot? Lot ended up in a cave. But just by moving away from where the blessings of the Lord was, he ended up in a cave, impregnating his two daughters, his own two daughters. Yeah. But Abraham got bigger, and bigger, and bigger. Can you imagine that Isaac was sow in a land when there's famine? It was more, it was costly to put your seed of corn in the ground because it would burn, it would roast. But Isaac was led by God to sow. And he sowed. Can you imagine that wherever Isaac went to, water flowed. Isaac was the carrier of water. They were in a desert land. When he digs, he finds water. The people will come and come and sack him. When he goes away from that place, that dwell dries up. That world dries up. As he moves away, the world dries up. And wherever he goes to dig, water comes up. The people come to come and sack him again. He moves away. As he's going, the water is drying up. Then he realized that there's something. He said, we have observed. We have observed by experience that you are blessed of God. They knew that they says, we have observed by experience that you are blessed of God. Let us make a peace pact with you. We don't want any problem. Or else you destroy us. We know that you're going to be bigger than us. The people noticed. The poor country noticed that this guy is blessed. There's something that makes him rich without sorrow. Even when we are trying to make him sorrowful, it doesn't work. Listen, your life is different. It makes no difference where you are in the world. Our prosperity is not dependent on the location we find ourselves. You see, because a lizard in Ghana will not become a crocodile in America. 
by virtue, if you sit in a plane, Lisa sits in a plane and flies thousands of miles into America, he will not come out of that airplane as a crocodile. No. If in your mind you are poor, in Ghana or in any part of Africa, when you move to Canada or US, you will be poor there. In the midst of prosperity, you'll be poor. Even especially when you get plenty of money, you'll be poor. You'll lose everything over a period. That's why rich men leave their children their wealth. Because their children have not been taught to think wealthy, they lose all their, their money. They don't know how to increase their wealth. I'm different. I'm different. Ah, I'm so excited. You have no idea how, of how excited I am. I found my way. No, this one, you don't need money for it. You need money for this. You don't need money for this. Whatever you don't need money for is something you can do. You can do with all your strength. You can think for yourself. You can talk for yourself. You don't need, you don't need money. You don't need a certain kind of gadget. You don't need anything just by yourself. You don't need a, what, a background to do anything, a rich background to do. No. You can think and talk and grow in wealth. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands wherever you are. Thank God for the blessings, for what he has said to you. I'm the seed of Abraham. I'm blessed of God. I'm blessed of God. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app. Plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.